0: hello and welcome to the first issue club podcast we're the weekly show that guides you through the muddy and murky water of the comic book landscape by inviting you to read First Issues along with us. That's why it's the First Issue Club, you guys. Welcome. This week, we've got a couple tasty treats. The Autumnal, number one, out on Vault Comics, and An Unkindness of Ravens, number one, out on Boom Studios. Boom. Boom. Before we get into covering those books... Just some housekeeping. I'm Mike. That's Greg. Hi. (laughs) You're going to be hearing just our voices this episode. We don't have the pleasure of being with the Budget King or Caitlin today. They're on sabbatical. Good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm excited to talk
1: about these books. I'm excited to talk about a little bit comic book news. I only have TV show and movie news. Okay. Hit me with those first. These are quickies. I'll go super quick this time. (laughs) Uh, This goes for any of the Marvel movies you expected to see this year. Don't. Pushback confirmed to 2021. Yeah. Good call. Not surprised. Good call. Yeah. Uh, Just got announced. The Suicide Squad movie, which we've talked about. Yep. There's a character in that movie played by John Cena. His name is The Peacemaker. It was just released. He's getting his own TV show on HBO Max. What?
0: Yes. I don't like that John Cena is The Peacemaker.
1: Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, John Cena uh, brings in the money. Yeah. He is a household name. That's a. If you're a fan of wrestling, you love John Cena or you hate him, either way. Um, But you know his name. That's what they want the name recognition. We may end up loving this character from the new Suicide Squad movie that comes out. We haven't seen it yet. Right. So that's a quick hit. I don't know what it's gonna be about, Obviously about him either before or after the events of Suicide Squad the movie.
0: How much do you think it costs to get John Cena in an ongoing television series? Even if it's just like an eight episode thing, probably not a lot. What, you else don't is, what think is, what so? What else is he doing? He's not wrestling anymore. He seems like a big time movie star. Am I conflating like the number of movies he's you, in with The Rock? He is. Yes, you are. <laughs> I know the The Rock, Rock makes is on like another level. Three billion dollars a movie. <laughs>
1: John Cena is looking to follow in the foot. The Rock walked, so John Cena could run. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. The, the Rock head slammed, so John Cena could power bomb. Maybe
0: he doesn't have as much pull as I thought. Not yet. Kay. He's getting there. Yeah.
1: He's he's definitely trying to figure out what niche he's in. Big beefy superhero.
0: Good good one, John. Yeah. Stick in that role. He's uh he's surprised me in a couple comedies that I've been like, wow, this guy He's got chops. Yeah, he, he does a good job playing like a sweetheart. Yes. Which you wouldn't expect like a muscly wrestler guy with just like chiseled face to do.
1: Well, speaking of sweetheart for John Cena, you know he holds a world record for the most um make a wish foundation pledges completed. That's fucking awesome. That's why I j- sincerely love John Cena. Don't slander his name. Yeah, that's great. He he will go out of his way to make a child today. Good on ya. Yeah. So good job, John Cena. Just announced Nick Fury TV show on Disney Plus with Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. What really? Yes.
0: Wow. It's his own series. It's not him just showing up in other TV shows. Bravo, Sam Jackson. For finally getting a leading role as Nick Fury. No shit. I mean, to be a consistent character throughout this entire thing mm-hmm. and to not have your own movie once, like, such a bummer. Right. Totally. So the fact that he's getting a show is great. I know he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit early on, mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool to, like, tie those in. Sure. Eventually, the... That was more about Agent Colson after that. Yeah, they kind of shoved away the MCU and was like, separate thing now. Mm-hmm. Forget that they were the same earlier. Right. Um, but still, I was like, give this guy and this character his day in the sun. And it sounds like they're they're going to.
1: And the, yeah. the early rumor is, is that this show is going to follow him around with S.W.O.R.D., the entity that we saw at the end of Captain Marvel. Mm. So we had S.H.I.E.L.D., which turned into HYDRA which then got disbanded. Yep. And then uh, they have the space version of that, which is sword. Sword, very topical this week. Very topical. Why is that, Mike D?
0: (laughs) Makes an appearance in X of Swords, or 10 of Swords, whatever, however you want to say it. So annoying. So if you've got, what is it, Astonishing X-Men 6, now is the time to sell it. It is not the time to buy it. (laughs) Sword has never been hotter. (laughs) It's like so much money. Al Ewing is going to be writing a sword comic that I think starts in like December maybe.
1: Yeah, I think it starts after the events of Ten of Swords. Yeah. So we know how Hickman has been doing these books of X-Force and Excalibur and the regular X-Men book. And it kind of dives into the... Different groups on Krakoa and what their duties are. You know what I mean? X-Forks is like the CIA. X-Men's like the normal team. Excalibur is like doing their thing off in Europe or whatever. S.W.O.R.D. is going to be the space version of the X-Men. They're going to be tackling all the extraterrestrial enemies out there for the X-Men.
0: Which originally S.W.O.R.D. was like the outer space shield. Mm -hmm. So mutants are essentially just saying, this is ours now.
1: I imagine we we're gonna find out. We
0: saved it. Now it belongs to us. Which getting Al Ewing to write that? Holy shit! Yeah, it's probably is going to be a big part of the Marvel universe moving forward. I would guess.
1: Yeah, Al Ewing knows how to write comic shit so, or cosmic shit and yeah. comic shit.
0: I know, like the first the first appearance of Sword as an entity was also the first appearance of Abigail Brand, who kind of runs the show. Okay. With Sword. Okay. She's like that green haired character. That might make this first appearance a little more valuable because that's not a name in the Marvel Universe you hear thrown around very much. Not really, unless you're a huge Marvel head. But it might be moving forward just because Al Ewing is writing something with like a funky, cool female lead. Mm -hmm. and, And that might really catch on with fans and she might be around for a while. So. Yeah,
1: well, if, if you're an X-Men fan, you are definitely eaten this year, yeah. ever since Hickman released his new X-Men run. I mean, you guys are living it up.
0: Do you think we should get into these first issues? I think we should. Let's talk about them.
1: Go ahead and get the podcast started. issue club now has a hotline and that number is 816-200-0014 sometimes people call it sometimes people text it and they leave voicemails and we told them to do that because we want to hear from you about complaints compliments and just general questions so now is the part of the show where we're going to play some of those and just react to them
0: that's right. This is uh, Peter from Dale and Peter of the Chairboys Podcast. Just wanted to call in. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Heard the hotline was up and wanted to reach out, operate on some podcast goodwill. Uh, but anyway, that's right. I am coming at you live from the Home Depot outdoor aisle. We just moved over from the cabinets. Uh, really nice change of scenery. Uh, but anyway, calling with a question. What do I got to do to... Uh, be cast a she-hulk now i don't want to just be an extra i want to be she-hulk any suggestions any idea on that let me know
1: i'll take my answer off the air all right well thank you peter from the chair boys asking how can he get himself cast as she-hulk and um, i think he just wants to transform into she-hulk in general everyday life first things first yes get a law degree
0: Oh, that that is almost
1: the most important thing about She-Hulk.
0: Yeah. You're going to want to green yourself. Now,
1: this may be the most expensive part. Yeah. Because skin staining does cost quite a bit of money.
0: Yeah. Especially the deep green. When you think about how much uh, like a small tattoo costs, if you're getting green tattooed all over your entire body? Yep. We're talking hours. That's going to be hours and hundreds of dollars, probably $300. A bonus, though, you will make Guinness Booker World Records uh,
1: for a lot of things. Yeah. For being the most tattooed, mm-hmm. get, getting your law degree the quickest way possible. I'm assuming the internet. And then the most important part we've said three times the most important part. It's all crucial. Get on steroids. You're going to want to be mean. And raging and
0: pretty bulky. And you're going to be a little unhealthy and thirsty because you're going to be bulking down a lot. Yes. Back to small size. Six small
1: meals a day, and then you're going to have to shrink yourself, which is something that She-Hulk does. It's not talked about a lot. Yeah. She shrinks herself. She gets
0: big. She gets pea-sized. Yeah. Peas are green. Like She-Hulk. Are part of the gamma radiation.
1: The green door. Uh, I think we've
0: I think we've answered fucking what else can Peter do? Fuck. Peter. Peter is up from the chair boys. Shout out to chair boys.
1: Shout out to chair boys, Peter.
0: Uh, what the what the fuck else can Peter do?
1: Oh, make
0: sure you buy clothes that don't rip easily. Yeah, you're going to want spandex on. Yeah, because your muscles are going to get bigger, hopefully. I would say don't worry about growing your hair out. They make wigs for that, Peter. Yeah. we You can wig it. Throw a wig on, it'll be fine. Throw a wig on it. It's 2020, wigs look great now. Yeah.
1: Most importantly, Peter, why are you calling us from Home Depot? What's going on at Home Depot that you're so... You, you, you're looking at paint samples and you think, first issue club.
0: Paint samples? He's trying to pick out the right oh, green. Oh my God, he's trying to pick out the right green. You're... Gonna get sick if you paint your body green with latex paint. The first of all,
1: Peter, don't do that. Hopefully, this message has gotten to you quick enough where you haven't spent tons Tell of money on me green. you haven't
0: green yourself. No oh God. Peter, no.
1: R.I.P. Peter from the Chair Boys. Chair Boys live forever. Alrighty. That was a call from the First Issue Club Hotline. Please call in. Give us more. We like answering them and we'll catch you in the next movie
0: hey first comic book we're going to be talking about today is the autumnal number one it is a eight issue series out on vault comics It is written by Daniel Krauss, who co-authored The Shape of Water with Guillermo Uh, del Toro. Interesting. Isn't it? I had no idea. Yeah. I think he's uh, more of a novelist. He Hmm. also wrote Troll Hunters with del Toro, too. Oh, okay.
1: So I I liked Troll Hunters a lot. Yeah. I'd never seen Shape of Water. Uh I heard there was some fish sex.
0: Oh, hell yeah. It won some Oscars for that fish sex don't they all uh interesting okay go on artist is chris sheehan he was the artist on the wilds from black mask that's the only thing i've heard okay that was a great series but when you think about what this book is about and what that series looked like Mm -hmm. you're like yeah good draft pick yeah he makes sense for this (laughs) leaves right (laughs) so this book is about a single mother that is a very snappy kid Getting into trouble a lot, mm-hmm. and she finds out she has an inheritance from her estranged mother, and only because her estranged mother left her house to someone else who didn't want it. <laughs> so <laughs> I so love she got that it by accident. it's just like we got to find someone else to give this fucking. House oh, fuck! She has a daughter. So they end up leaving town and going to this like idyllic place where our lead, this woman with the daughter, grew up. Mm-hmm. That's when we start to realize that things are a little weird here. Yes. She kind of realizes, hey, I kind of have a foggy memory about this place mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. The people are kind of strange. Yep. There's also a bunch of kids playing together, Ooh. and they're singing the most fucked up nursery rhyme you've ever heard. Yeah,
1: you thought Ring Around the Rosie was bad.
0: <laughs> this story is fucked. But I guess I at least like it from that perspective that there's precedent for children's nursery rhymes to be like... Haunting? Dark and haunting.
1: Yes. <laughs> so when I was reading this book, my immediate thought was like, if you like creepypasta on the internet, <laughs> you're gonna fucking love this book. Yes. If you like If you like the Babadook or folk horror... Or like the witch or stuff like that, where it's just like you have this idyllic setting, and like I, I hate horror movies that happen in the daylight. That that fucks me up in the head Yeah. because bad stuff's only supposed to happen in the dark. Yeah. All right. And so when, when like, signs
0: showed me aliens during the daytime, I was like, no, 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 no. How fucking weird was that?
1: <laughs> all times are scary now. And like midsummer <laughs> happens in like bright light. Yeah. It's really the weird. most it's unnerving very jarring. thing. Yeah. Give me your first initial thoughts of this book and the future of it.
0: I really liked it. I think slow burn horror is really having a moment in comics right now. Yeah. So many books that I'm loving, you're not quite sure mm-hmm. what's happening, but it doesn't feel good.
1: <laughs> and I bet publishers love that, too, because it forces us to buy more issues to figure out what the fuck is happening.
0: Yeah, the whole lost method, right? <laughs> Take us eight just seasons and leave us pissed. A little bit of weirdness. <laughs> if every issue
1: of this ends on a smoke monster, I'll just be hooked. Did you? This is going to sound contradictory. I felt like the beginning part was both rushed and maybe too long. I felt like the intro of their lives of, listen, they're on the skids. Yeah. This kid's getting in fights at school. That could have been summed up in maybe two pages and then get (laughs) right into the creepy town. Yeah. The back and forth between the mom and the the principal, while really brilliant writing, seemed like it could have just been like slimmed down because we're never going to see this principal again.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: We're never going to see this school again. Like why set up so much of that character and those interactions to just leave it?
0: And I don't know if that's just the idea to, like, make it slower burning. I mean, like, we're really not getting a full idea of how creepy this is until the last panel, last page. Mm -hmm. I use Drive, the movie, as, like, a reference for this a lot, that when you make the pace of something really normal and grounded in reality, when you hit us with that crazy thing, it hits so much harder if you feel like, the movie, book, whatever you're consuming, is moving in real time. Oh, for sure. Like, the movie drive is so fucking slow, and you're just sitting in people's gaps in conversation while they're just, like, staring at each other in comfortable silence. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, like— Ryan Gosling is doming a
1: dude (laughs) in an elevator.
0: Yeah, the violence in that movie feels insane because of the pacing of it.
1: I 100% agree.
0: I think that the way this was written helped with that as well.
1: I agree, and we get this weird ending of, like, I kind of hearken it back to, like, Wicker Man, that you see the mother in her coffin surrounded with leaves and sticks and kind of put there ceremoniously.
0: She's also got twigs growing out of her eyes. I don't know if you got that.
1: I don't know if they were put there or they're growing out. Oh, yeah, you could be right. It almost was just, like, so obviously the mother has either gone against this town. Yep. Because the town seems like it's all in on the secret of... This entity that they keep talking about in the nursery rhyme. Yep. The nursery rhyme is a father has a pig eat a baby. The <laughs> mom gets mad, kills the husband, finds out she likes killing, just starts killing a little bit more, and then is murdered, and then she turns into a tree? Yeah, that's going to turn out to be
0: pretty literal, I think.
1: Yeah. And uh, did you see some of the covers for the upcoming-
0: I haven't, no.
1: They th- The covers of this book are very striking. Yeah. They're like- Pastel, watercolors, they're beautiful. But each of the references to the trees or leaves on the covers, you see like a ghost image behind them. Like, oh, right, So yeah. it's very spooky. Yeah, It's unnerving. It leaves yeah. you uncomfortable, which I honestly haven't been uncomfortable reading a comic book, like a horror comic book, yeah. in a minute. Yeah. So this is kind of
0: refreshing. It's a hard genre to do right in this medium, and I think people are starting to figure it out more by really pacing themselves in. and then we've got eight issues of this so that's like double a normal comic book arc yep. so there's some time to flesh it out that's
1: what we call a maxi
0: i really liked it vault's been kicking ass lately we talked about that a little on our last episode i can't remember a time when we covered a the vault, vault book. book for two weeks straight right but a lot of good stuff coming from vault lately so i think give the first issue a chance
1: we did we loved it
0: and i think you'll like it of Ravens, number one, was the second book we selected to read this week. And I think very smartly. Oh? It's my pick of the week. Pick of the week? Hell yeah. Well,
1: I'm glad because it was not my pick of the week, so we can go back and forth. Hey, how about it?
0: Okay. First thing I want to say about this. Go for aside it. Aside from it being a five-issue series on Boom Studios. If you Google An Unkindness of Ravens. Mm-hmm. You'll find that this is like a murder of crows. Really? That a group of ravens is called an unkindness.
1: Now that seems pointed. Isn't that
0: fucking weird? <laughs> there was also there was like several books called An Unkindness of Ravens. And there was even a fictional book written on the show, One Tree Hill. Interesting. And so I was like, I can't find anything about this book because there's a billion other books <laughs> called An Unkindness of Ravens. What's the deal? Is this an adaptation of another book or something? It isn't. That's just a common phrase. Sure. All
1: right. Um, did I have a stroke or did the art style in this change about a third of the way through?
0: Oh, the backstory... Yes. It's like this gritty, painterly thing when we get a backstory of why people made their way to the town we're in. Crab's Eye. And then once you get to the actual narrative of the story, when we've moved beyond just like some exposition, Mm -hmm. we get art from Mariana Ignazi. Yes. Who- I loved it. Loved her art style. I thought it was incredible. It reminded me a lot of like, poppy, archy, cartoony sort of comics, but like way more mm-hmm. modern. It reminded me of um, Love and Rockets. The characters were like very stylish and hip. Yeah. It was- but Simple lines, bold it, colors. Yes, it was, it was
1: a joy to look at.
0: Yeah. I looked her up. I couldn't find like any other comics that she's done. Oh, okay. But she's got um, an Instagram full of cool fucking art, so. Dude, awesome. I'm in for it. Yeah. And this was written by- Dan Panosian, who you might recognize that name from art that he's done for, like, tons of, like, Marvel and DC comics. Oh, so, so he's an artist. He's more known for his art than he is for his writing. Interesting. He wrote a book that we covered a while back called Slots. Oh, I remember Slots. And I remember, I think I really liked Slots. I can't totally remember, but... Yeah,
1: I don't remember hating it. I usually remember hate books I hate more than I like, <laughs> which <laughs> no, sucks. Isn't that funny?
0: But... Uh, yeah. In any case, I really liked it. Just to give you a quick synopsis of what it is. Our lead, Wilma, starts mm-hmm. at a new school and hopes to just blend in with the crowd. But it just so happens she looks just like a girl who went missing from the school like, a week earlier. Yeah. So everyone, when she walks in, is just like, holy fuck. Fuck, who is that?
1: Waverly's back. Yeah,
0: really interesting. I loved that device Mm -hmm. first. Like when you figure out what's going on for the first time and she walks by a missing person flyer, that got me right away. But throughout the book, we also find out the Salem witches had a handful of people who escaped together and survived. They called themselves ravens. The ravens, I'm assuming, are like the last coven of witches. In this town. Which is like their safe haven. From Salem. That's
1: what I got, yeah. Yeah. So I did enjoy this book. Yeah. But I enjoyed it and I didn't enjoy it in the same way when I watched Riverdale uh-huh. on the CW. There are some elements of Riverdale in this book that I was just like, this fucking rules. I loved the Jets and Shark-esque battles between the witch girls and the cool clique of the school. This could be a CW show
0: tomorrow. It <laughs> And it'd be a fucking hit, I think.
1: It would be, yeah, see you, Riverdale. We got uh, Murders of Ravens and Claws. You're
0: throwing Riverdale and Sabrina together?
1: Together. (laughs) (laughs) Get the lace budget up, because we're going to need bustiers for all these people.
0: (laughs) And you're just like, wait, they're in high school, but they're all walking around in lingerie? Yeah. They should have figured something out there. I get that they're all, like, 30, (laughs) The actors, yeah, they're they're real life thirty, but they're playing like seventeen year olds. So there's some like, if I was seventeen, moral ground and ambiguity in like how we're portraying them that like <laughs> makes me just like kind of uncomfortable.
1: If I was in that school, I would just explode,
0: because <laughs> everyone's so damn hot. Yeah,
1: male or like female, it's sexy, just like, yeah. what the fuck am I? I'm yeah. in like GQ high, right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> GQ high. Um, maybe it's just going to take a couple more issues for me to find my footing with this book. Yeah. Felt like it was trying to like fit itself into a sweater that got shrunk in the, in the dryer. Sure. Like it used to fit and it, it'll fit again. I just need to like move around in it a bit. And yeah. like, I think that's where I'm at with this story. Like I love the artwork.
0: No problems there. I'm just trying to figure out the story. I'll have to read it again. I just thought so many of the concepts taking place in the story were so good that every couple page turns, I was like, I love it. I love it more. There are so many comps I can make of this. And it's it's like all those things while at the same time not being completely derivative of any of those things. So, like, yeah. my immediate thought was, like, this is mean girls, but the goths are, like, actual witches.
1: Yeah, they actually have clout.
0: The popular girl in the school's name named Scarlet. And she finds—is it Wilma? I think is, so. Is the name of our lead? I assume. And so she's just like, "Come hang with our crew, like after school."
1: Yeah, like both of these groups are competing.
0: They're competing for her, and then she's got the witches that are just like, "Meet us in the fucking woods." Yeah. We're if we like... had cigarettes, we'd be smoking
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> and they leave like this weird magical message for her. Yeah, right. In a locker, which used to be the missing girls' locker.
0: Too many weird things going on here, right?
1: I actually think that this is the same girl.
0: It very well could be. And I've got a handful of notes from this where I'm like, man, this book is so clever. And there's some things that like, I didn't totally catch until I really started thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad yeah. is a widower. Mm-hmm. His wife and daughter died in a car accident. Right. In any case, they're moving back to... The town he grew up in, mm-hmm. you could make the assumption that his wife probably grew up in this town too, and was maybe a witch. Oh no, and there's passed, an idea. Pass that down to her daughter. Yeah, but she wasn't able to like talk to her mom about it and yeah, find out. Right, she didn't never had a mother figure. Right? right, so maybe there's some familial things with this, you know, person looking just like her mm-hmm. in the town too. So that's one interesting thing. I also loved that. The popular girl's dad yes. shows up at the school. Uh huh. The principal outright is like, hey, fucking creepazoid. <laughs> like, what are you doing just, like, slinking around. slinking around a fucking high school's hallways? Like, can I help you with something? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, I know the morale's bad because there's a missing girl and my daughter, you know, cares so much about it. And is there anything I can do? And she's like the police are here doing that job. Yep. Would you like to talk to them about it? And he's just like, "No, no, as you were. My daughter was just at home when everything happened." Yeah. And all accounted for. All she accounted didn't do anything. For, she didn't do anything and was just like, "Okay, weird way to end the conversation, <laughs> my guy." But he's like the rich dude lording over this town. Um, I think I wrote down their family name somewhere. Well, the family like owns it. The Dansforths.
1: Yes, like the school's named after them. Yes,
0: right. So they're are, hoity-toity. Are they in some witchy business? Are they witch hunters? I think they're definitely witch hunters. They've got to be, right? Right, which we've always been perceived
1: in media that the witch hunters are the good guys and right. that the witches are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out in this story maybe not the case
0: not the narrative anymore uh, i'll say also that scarlet popular girl rich girl is wearing a cross i did notice that necklace yes so i'm like okay she's probably not too keen on witches right i don't know how much of a secret is in this town that these people are witches or if they're just goths
1: uh well i mean they certainly didn't hide their witch aesthetic i mean one of them was wearing a fucking eye patch okay
0: here comes my second comp yep is that they look like they walked directly out of the craft
1: yes i was just gonna say that when they
0: introduced them like all like four in a row i was like this is the craft movie poster but like more modern they just (laughs) like went from 1997 to 2020 in their styling
1: yes and i dug it i thought
0: very cool yeah
1: this definitely has a, a lot of legs to stand on
0: yeah totally
1: i did have my um reservations about it they're small in comparison to how much I did like this book, I will say, maybe not my pick of the week, I will probably pick this up in a trade. Sure. it's. Uh, did they say if it was a limited release or not?
0: It's five books, so it'll be self-contained in one trade at yeah. the end of this.
1: So I'll definitely pick up the trade because I I think I want to read this book when it's all done Yeah, just so I can follow the, the whole narrative played out in one because I, I I don't like getting invested in stories that take like six months to tell. Sure. Cause I forget, and then, yeah. like, then I end up not liking the book because I've forgotten so much. Yeah,
0: you lose the details. Yeah, it's it's those sort of things, like we were saying, the nuance with slowly learning that there's something going on with this dad and the daughter and his familial history that you lose month to yeah, month right. but I will be buying them individually Oh, and I will recommend to you whether you should get the trade or not by the end of this
1: and we'll pass on that knowledge to you listeners such is the beauty of this podcast
0: different opinions on different comic books first issues that come out each and every week and when we give you those takes we're guiding you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape just like we promised at the top of this podcast one thing you can't call us is liars <laughs> that's exactly right I've come here to do one thing and I've done it.
1: And that's all we're going to do. And thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.